Welcome to Conservative Conversation, Canada's number one youth political podcast. Welcome back to Conservative Conversation and happy Canada Day. This is our third and final podcast for the kind of Canada Day theme. So we got a lot to go through. We're going to um, talk about the churches that are being burnt down. Now we've seen four of them. And we're also going to talk about a, because it's Canada Day theme, we wanted to get a little bit away from the politics. We're going to talk about an outstanding Canadian. You guys are going to learn about this person. You guys are probably going to look him up after and you're going to think I'm full of crap and I'm lying. Um, so it, we're talking about an amazing Canadian. I'm really excited for that because it's something other than politics. Uh, just to get you guys, you know, learning a bit about Canadians because I feel like there's not enough Canadian history out there. Um, as always, I'm here alongside with Isaac Butler. Isaac, how are you doing? I am doing fantastic. We've blown through two podcasts already. I'm ready for this third one. And I'm a, I'm a little bit heated, Sean, I gotta say. Yeah, yeah, and I understand because with these churches, I mean, look, I'm, I'm researching in politics. I'm on political TikTok, political Instagram, political. So I'm all over in, in the politics. I'm all over in the news. But for whatever reason, I got a, a notification today on my phone, like I'm sure a lot of people do with Apple News, saying the fourth church, a fourth church has been burned in the past week. And I'm like, fourth? Like, why didn't I hear about the first, second, or third? Um, so there, we got a lot to cover here. Isaac, I'll take it away because I know you're really passionate about the subject. So as a member of the Christian church and the Catholic church, which is a denomination of Christianity, um, four churches in the past week and a half have now been burned down, and it is very clear that it is arson. They're not burning down by accident. They're, they are being burnt down. Um, and so here's the kind of background behind that. So in BC, four churches in the last week and a half have been burned down, and they're the churches that have been at the grave sites of these indigenous children. And let's remember that the TRC estimates 4,000 to 6,000 children were killed, so about 3,000 to 4,000 would have been buried and will be recovered. So what I think is this shouldn't come as a surprise. Yes, it's horrible. Yes, it's genocide and it's all these bad things, but it shouldn't come as a surprise to people and it shouldn't trigger this sort of reaction. Um, it was labeled as a potential hate crime. Um but they put quotations over hate crime. And so my question is, why potential and why the quotations on hate crime? And here's my explanation on that. Potential, because they don't know the person's reasoning behind that. Okay, maybe fair enough. Hate crime, because they don't want to label it as that, because they don't want to be against indigenous people, which is really what it's going to be viewed as, is if you're supporting these churches not being burned to the ground and costing the churchgoer tons of money, then you're in favor of genocide. And that's not true at all. Um, this is a target on the Catholic Church, and it is a repeated offense. And I'm here to tell you that this, this act here is terrorism. And why we're not being notified of this earlier, I don't know why. If it was a mosque, the first burning down, we would be alerted. The second, they would cause huge outrage. Third, we would have RCMP investigation faster than you could say, huh? And then the fourth, 
we would have political leaders down there helping clean up the sites. But when it's the Christian church and nobody wants, to, or the Catholic church, sorry, and no one wants to side with them because then they get canceled, like we were talking about earlier, um, they let the first one go by. They think, oh, okay, maybe he was burned down by accident. Oh, a second one burned down, same kind of area. Okay, maybe he was arson, maybe someone was mad. Third one burned down. Okay, yeah, maybe it's arson, but no need to alert anybody. Fourth one burns down. Maybe it's a hate crime. Maybe it's not. We're not still sure. This is an act of terrorism, and I'll tell you why. Terrorism, by definition, is the unlawful use of violence and intimidation, especially against civilians in the pursuit of political aims. Political aims are, it means to fill one's political agenda. Well, filling a political agenda would be to stop the catholic church from operating and by burning down its churches you are stopping them from author operating at some of their branches or churches and so that means this is terrorism this is an act of terrorism it's happening over and over again it's a repeated offense against the catholic church and so why they're potentially labeling it as a hate crime i don't know why it needs to be labeled as terrorism because that's what it is. Sean, let's get your thoughts on this right here. Well, as always, I mean, the uh, same stance as I took with the um, the whole um, the, the Muslim family that was killed there. With the, I do think no one should be labeling it as anything until it's proven. I mean, it, it's it's very clear it was terrorism. Um, but I think you know, as as I am, I'm I'm always innocent until proven guilty and whatnot. So I do think labeling it as anything, um, calling it anything, you know, b besides a, just a, a terrible, terrible act of hatred, uh, I, I think that's the only real way you could label it as until obviously there's a full investigation, right? And, and, I, and I do understand calling it terrorism because in my mind I see terrorism, but I'm not going to call it terrorism just yet until the RCMP calls it or wh whoever is in charge of investigating until they declare what it is. I'm not going to jump, jump the gun, but what I do know is this is, why is this, it's like no one cares because I didn't hear about this until the fourth one happened. Why didn't I hear about this at the first, that people are burning down churches and you can't say, oh, it was an act because it, it, it's very clear. It doesn't take Sherlock Holmes to be investigating this, to, to know what's going on here. It's, it's very clear what's going on, but if, so let's say your grandparents, um, your grandfather kills my grandfather. And that this happened years ago. So does that give me the right to go up to you, Isaac, and kill you? No, it doesn't. There's no... Burning a church down, right? I'm for freedom of religion. Burning a church, a mosque, I don't care what religion you are. It's... I, I completely disagree with that. I don't agree with burning down anything. Because who's going to pay for that? The taxpayers, right? It's going to, the government's, odds are the government's going to fund the rebuilding of this or maybe insurance, I, I'm not sure. But odds are, I, I, I know a lot of churches nowadays are It's coming out of somebody's government. pocket. Yeah, it's, it's coming out of somebody's pocket. So I honestly hope it's the government paying for this because whoever these idiots are that, that are doing it, they can, it's, it's their money that they're paying it. So you destroy it, you're technically still paying for it. And I honestly don't think it's the natives because the natives, I mean, I could be wrong, right? I'm not, so don't look like, once again, I'm not a detective. I don't, I know as much as everyone. 
I'm told to the media, the natives knew about these killings all along. I think it's these out, outraged, um, these woke, uh, what, what do you call them, white saviors. I think all the white saviors that have finally came out because the white saviors that don't know their history, because the natives knew about this all along. No reason for them to all of a sudden be outraged. They've known this for years. So I, I do think it's these the white the white saviors and these political justice and these social justice warriors doing this these crimes. And they should be punished just as they would if they did it to a mosque. This, this is stupid. Like, what do you get at a burning? I understand frustration. I do understand frustration. But what does burning a church do? I, I don't understand what burning a church does besides um, infringe on people's rights to, to worship. And I, Isaac, do you, do you understand what what burning a church does? How back Not at all. I, I don't, like... What's what's the goal behind it? Burn every single church down, or burn enough churches down, or what? Because what does burning down the church get you? It doesn't get you anything. It gets you put in jail, because I mean they they'll find out who you are if you if you burn down four churches. There's gonna be a pattern of you were you weren't accounted for on this night, this night, this night, and this night. You have a history of arson or you have a history of hatred towards the Catholic Church or you're super for the indigenous people and so you're going to go against the Catholic Church in whichever way you see fit. But what does burning down a church do for you? Is it you get a big smile on your face because like somebody's great, 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 great grandfather um, was like a priest at one of these residential schools? I, I just, I don't see what the joy behind it is or the, the message behind it. If you want to send a message, email the church, right? Write a letter. Writing a letter is one of the most intense ways of sending a message to a large, I want to say corporation, but that's not exactly what they are, but a large corporation. If you want to complain, don't write an email, write a letter because that one will go straight to head office. So don't burn down a church because nobody knows who you are or what you're trying to say. Use your words. Stop using your actions. You should be intelligent enough to know that burning down a church isn't going to do you any good. It's only going to cause more bad. And I think and, same with the yeah. sorry, I think same with the with the whole London terrorism thing is I think the RCMP should watch out for retaliation too i mean it happens on both sides retaliation and engagement and so i think they should look out for both sides and it is hard to label it as anything other than you know a horrible act at this point because there's not an official investigation i'm not an investigator i'm not a prosecutor i don't work in law enforcement but by definition this is technically an act of terrorism now i can't label it as that legally i can't uh, go around saying that's exactly what this is and he needs to be prosecuted as this but that's what i believe that's not 100 percent accurate because again i don't work in law enforcement i'm not heading like i'm not ahead of this case um but by definition this is an act of terrorism yeah and i, I want to kind of just circle back to what were you saying you were saying about burning stuff down how it's pointless and it it, it almost can sometimes can do more harm than good you look at what happened with burning down businesses and stuff over in the states about a year ago now 
it turned people off from the movement because there's people that don't want violence. They don't want to be burning down their... A church is part of the community. You are burning down part of your community. For what? Go to the go to Parliament Hill and protest. Go go somewhere where it's meaningful to protest. Don't just go burning things down. I, I, I understand it's quarantine. Well, sadly, we're still quarantined. But I understand that people are all cooped up and they got all this energy to be up to mischief and whatnot. But realize the what you're doing you're burning down your community how, how do you think do you think those people that attend that church uh, every sunday do you think they're going to want to support you because you just burnt down their sunday morning exactly they could you be literally... completely with you they could be completely against these residential schools but now they're conflicted because the people who they thought they were supporting the people who are against the residential schools are now against their religion something that they've grown up with and they've come to love and something that they find great support in. And now you've burned it down, so now they're going to be more against you and more for the church that's just burned down. They're going to feel more remorse towards that because that's a personal connection because that's something they're involved in every week as opposed to residential schools that happened years and years ago that they weren't involved in at all. Exactly, and... People need to realize you have a brain for a reason, right? You, you, this that that thing in in between your ears. Sometimes I think for a lot of people it's absent. I I think I don't know if they're born without a brain and there's some scientific reason that they're able to operate without a brain. But it seems like a lot of people don't want to use their brain and think, well, what am I doing? What what's my goal, right? So my goal is I don't know if their goal is to bring back the children or get compensation, but whatever their goal. Is, right you are not going to bring back um children from burning down a church you are not going to to affect the government you're not going to make change by burning down your you are not going to do anything by the what what is the point of this you're going to the fire department so when they could be at someone's house saving women and children and men from from a fire in their house saving someone's house now they got to attend a church that you burnt down for a point. Well, I do understand, right? I understand the fuck reason, but in a sense, it, it is literally pointless. So you are not only wasting the fire department's time, you're wasting the police's time, you're wasting everyone's When you could be at parliament, you could be trying to talk to premiers, trying to talk to all these people, you could be doing your research, but instead you're just going out and setting fires. What does that do? What, what are we, caveman? Ooh, fire, fire. I just, I don't understand people these days in the past year where they think i am mad so i'm gonna go burn down a building i'm gonna burn down my neighbor's shop i'm gonna go burn down my neighbor's place of worship what what do you accomplish and that is the question you got to ask yourself what do i accomplish by by doing this i get i get people are mad right i've been mad and blamed everyone but i'm not gonna go burn down someone's house i'm not gonna starbucks because the white girls were mad at me and, and get mad at me i'm not going to go do that so, so why do you why are why are you going to use your brain for a reason please people please 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 use it you got a brain for a reason use it yeah and i think you're right on the spot there bullseye um so 
in my opinion, this this is by definition an act of terrorism. In Sean's opinion, I don't want to put words in his mouth. This is what I've inferred, but he doesn't want to label it anything until there's an official investigation, and I get that, um, and, and I kind of agree with that. But by definition, I believe this is an act of terrorism. Now, Sean, you were talking about your favorite Canadian, and we really wanted to share at least some sort of ex like knowledge you can learn from, something you can actually take from and know that, oh, that was a person, they did this, kind of like a history class instead of us sharing our political thoughts and then you kind of using it and spitting it out. So, Sean, you've prepared someone for us and let's let's hear the story there. Yeah, so first I just want to circle back. I, I, I know we've been on this topic for a little while. I just kind of want to explain why I don't like labeling stuff as it is. Um, so basically, I just believe, obviously, I believe in innocent until proven guilty. That's the first reason. And the second reason is I'm on Instagram. I'm on social media a lot, right? Like we've mentioned in previous podcasts. And I see way too many people thinking they're Instagram lawyers, thinking they're Instagram judges, thinking they're Instagram crown prosecutors who know absolutely nothing about what they're talking about. They know nothing about the judicial system. So even though I myself know more the average person about the judicial system that's not a lawyer like I'm I would say for a 16 year old I know more than the average person my age and, and my demographic um other than you know lawyers and judges right I'm not claiming to know and like they know way more than me they've been through school but I know more than a lot of these people that are posting and I'm not going to comment because I got to set an example right I how can I say you're not a lawyer how can you comment on that I so that that's kind of I'm just leading by example, right? I'm not gonna I'm not gonna complain about someone and then turn around and just do the exact same thing that they were doing, right? Just with more knowledge. But that's anyways. Um, so that's that's in our back pocket. I just kind of wanted to explain that. And just explain you gotta lead by example. You can't just complain about other people and turn around and do the same thing. So today we're gonna talk about Leo Major. So for those of you that don't know. Leo Major, for those of you that know me, I talk about him all the time. I look up to him almost because I think this guy has incredible accomplishments. This guy is an outstanding Canadian. He shows what it's like to be a true Canadian, be patriotic. He shows what it's like to be a warrior. He shows what it's like to be a man. He shows. So the reason why I picked this person was obviously Canada Day. And it's something to look back and be proud of. So Leo Major, he was around so he started his career in the canadian armed forces um, during world war ii he took part in d-day and two days later he lost his eye to, due to a grenade um so not long after that he's still in world war ii uh, he then broke uh he back in three broke four ribs and broke two of his ankles uh when his, he was in a vehicle and it got exploded by a mine so this guy right you think he'd be done by now he's got broken ribs, broken back in three spots, broken ankles. You think this guy's done with combat. But he did the complete opposite. He actually, they were trying to send him home. They were saying, you're not allowed. You got to go home. You're not allowed to continue. So he deserted. He lived with a family for 28 days. He said he was going to do two months and he only did 28 days. So he lived with a family in a little home. Self enough time to recuperate. And then he rejoined his unit i would like to see someone you know go through these injuries 
I, I think that's incredible. Um, so that's that's not it, right? That's just a little tip of the iceberg. So this is what he did still with these injuries. So he captured uh, 93 Nazis all alone, all by himself. So basically what happened was he went into, um, there was a little town, and he managed to, to capture them. He, he captured the uh, one of the leading officers, German officers, and then he forced him to get the rest of his unit to surrender. So there was a and he ended up killing a bunch of them because they were saying, well, there's just one man. They were refusing. So that was the first thing he did, and he was going to be awarded um, an award from Winston Churchill. He didn't like Winston Churchill, so he refused that. So then following that, he freed an entire village by himself. Well, not village, more of a town. It was a population of 50,000. So it was, a, it was a decent population size. And basically, this was German. The Canadians were planning on attacking, um, you know, with artillery and stuff. Leo and one of his friends, before they were kind of just going on like a little scouting mission, right? Not a reconnaissance. And basically, what happened was his friend, it was his really good friend. So Leo Major didn't like this, he, right? He killed, it was uh, four of them there, that four Germans that, that were there and that, that killed his friend because his friend, then he killed the four of them. Following that, he went back. He said he wanted to end this, this battle early. So he went back to, you know, grab grenades, rifle, uh, grenades, machine guns, whatnot. And he proceeded to throw the grenades in as if they were artillery. And, you know, he had machine guns firing around. He, I quote, like, I can quote some people here, but they were saying he looked like like a lunatic. These, these are um, um, people that were in the village, you know, just civilians that were there. This was uh, Zawal. So they were saying, like, he looked like a lunatic. This guy's running around firing machine guns, right? Like a, like a real-life Rambo. And um, he told one of the... The Germans there that the Canadians were planning on attacking even harder. So he's he, he so he tells them that he said the Canadians are going to come back. They're they're we're going to keep attacking and there's plans for even more artillery. So he kind of what he did was he installed fear in them, so that they were all scared, you know, on edge. Going to be artillery this, but really it was just him throwing his little grenades, and he he burnt down um, found a couple, the headquarters for leading Nazi um, members, leading SS members, not because there was Nazi and SS as well. Um, so there was, um, he burnt down some of the, the they had little, like I, you could call them little bases or, or what you want. It's in a little town, right? It's obviously, they had to makeshift a, a military base or whatever inside the town. So it's probably someone's house, who knows, like a local, a legion or I don't know. And, Germany, but a legion or whatever. So he found like their little, he could call them headquarters, and and then he he set them on fire. He he literally made them surrender. He made them leave. The so this guy did this all alone, all because one his friend died, and two because he didn't want civilians to die in the cross. Had the Canadians attack the next morning when they were planning. See, there's going to be civilian throwing grenades, and he knows where he's throwing them. Right, he's throwing them on the. So this guy, like, 
he literally risked everything for all these civilians. And I would like to see people, you know, get up off the couch and do something for their friend instead of, you know, like this, this guy's just on another level, um, an outstanding, loyal human being. You know, you think you're loyal because you, you don't talk bad about your friends or whatnot. Look at look at this guy's loyalty. Look at the extent this guy is willing to go for for the people he's protecting. And to me, I read about this guy, and it's just amazing. And that wasn't the end of it. That that what you think that was the end of it. So he also volunteered in Korea. So this uh, Korea, the Korean War happened post World War Two era. It was part of kind of the Cold War era. So he he volunteered there, and him and his. He had a, a unit of like a little small unit of 20 personnel of um, the Le 22e Regiment de Canada, Quebec Regiment, the, the Van Dues. Um, for, yeah, I'm sure you guys may be familiar with kind of like a crazy, crazy, crazy group of people. <laughs> they're, they're really good soldiers, but um, the Quebecers, they're always known as crazy. So he led them to take Hill 355. So Hill 355, a really, really protected hill, really, really well fortified by the Chinese. And the Americans couldn't get it. The American, they got all these the technology. They got way more personnel than Canada. And here comes a Leo Major leading a little 20-man group, group of soldiers. Some of them were snipers. I believe over 50% of them were all snipers. Um, so, so that helped a lot, but he led them and, and they took until there was a ceasefire called. So really like you look at this guy's, this guy's accomplishments, he is an outstanding Canadian. And do you think after Isaac, do you think this guy went back and do you think he told his son what he did? Probably his not. grandchildren? You you don't think you well, I'm surprised. Cause I honestly, if, if I did this, I'd be, I'd be telling, telling my grandchildren's and my son, that'd be, that'd be a good bedtime. I mean, like, his son. Uh, rationally, you'd probably tell your grandchildren and you probably want to go tell everybody so that people know what you've done and how great you are. But, I mean, hearing this story and his selflessness, it, you got to kind of think that he probably didn't. Yeah, exactly. And he didn't. So his his son didn't know about this. No, no, really. Uh, his wife knew about it, of course, because, you know, nowadays, like, because um, the wives are tend wives tend to be nosy. <laughs> I noticed that from my mom. But uh, anyways, so his son got a knock on the door, and it was someone from the town of Zao, from Zao's, like I said, in the Netherlands. And they were coming. They wanted to thank him. They wanted him to come over. They wanted to have a little parade. And his son had no clue. His son was like, "Oh, I didn't know this happened." So you get this humble man. This, these, he's like almost like a superhero. And this is when I first heard about this, I thought it was satire. I thought it was just like a, a little story. I watched the infographic show is, is where I first heard about this guy. And I thought, yeah, I was like, oh, like fiction stories now or like, what is a channel? But anyways, it was it, it was outstanding what this guy did. And it makes me proud to be a Canadian. It makes me, you know, want to go above and beyond as a Canadian his selflessness, his loyalty, his willing to, to do anything for his country is above and beyond. And it's the complete opposite of what we're seeing. So this kind of ties into what we were talking about, cancel culture and cancel Canada Day. 
this guy is the complete opposite of the generation we are raising. And if this guy could raise a lot of these people that sit back on their phones and complain about everything and never take we would have a much better world. We would have a bunch of strong human beings, whether you're male, female, whatever, this guy, if, if, if he could get a hold of some of you and do some discipline and teach you some loyalty and teach you what it's like to truly be an outstanding person and not look for validation, we, we would be set. Canada would be insane. And he's not the only Canadian out there that in the history of Canada, outstanding soldiers, you know, guys like Arthur, there's like him, like there's so many people in Canadian history that have gone above and beyond being an outstanding citizen. And I encourage you guys to look this guy up if you're interested. I was just kind of giving a brief summary or in depth and you can watch some document. There's, there's a lot about him. So I encourage you guys to look that look this guy up. And even, I know people are lazy nowadays. People don't like losing, right? And school's over for, uh, once you're done work, you don't want to learn, but whatever. I encourage you to, you know, just Canada Day, learn about, learn about a Canadian that went above and beyond. It can, it can help you in the, in the future. You can, it's always good to learn about history and learn the good and the bad. Learn about some bad Canadians that have done terrible things. But I encourage you guys to do your research. Listening to this, the odds are you you kind of enjoy history or you kind of enjoy learning. It, if you learn, it'll help you in just every aspect of life. Having just general knowledge, it'll help you so much. So if you guys liked, liked the story, there's plenty more stories about... Um, people and more on the infographic show on youtube you can you can look up just outstanding canadians in war and there's many many stories for you guys to learn and he's my personal favorite he's someone i kind of look up to so isaac any on him any questions you have what might have for me that i might be able to answer um i don't think i really have any questions i think i'm definitely gonna go search him up after this and kind of do my own research but truly honestly a, a great patriot and amazing canadian someone who is really devoted to their country and loved what they did in life um so i want to thank you sean for you know kind of introducing us all to uh that story because i i had no idea who he was until you brought him up and now i'm super interested in it and do kind of want to know more about people who did what he did and also himself. So thank you, Sean, for that. Yeah, no, no problem. I always like talking to, you know, history and stuff. And cause obviously that's very, like politics is a lot of history. You got to know your history to make logical decisions. And so I'm very into history. Um, and I thought, you know, what a better time than Canada a Canadian that went above and beyond. Yeah. And so thank you guys for listening. We're going to wrap it up there for today. We hope you all have a wonderful Canada day. We hope you're drinking beer. I mean, as long as you're of age, we hope you're having a party, getting out there, socializing. Finally, um, not wearing a mask, breathing, 
Um, you know, just having a good time celebrating the good of our country and not the worst parts. Did you like what you just heard? Make sure to follow to stay up to date with all your Canadian political news from your two favorite Canadian teens.